talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Well, a lot has happened since that 0-0 at home to Hamilton a fortnight ago, which proved to be Derek McInnes' last game in charge. But the Dons are back in action tomorrow, and it's a trip to Tannadice to face Dundee United. Interim manager Paul Sheeran knows it's not going to be easy. Obviously just promoted last season. They've more than held their own in the, the Premier League this season. I know how difficult it will be. Uh, always going to Tannadice, they're, they're massive games. Unfortunate that we can't have a crowd in there because I know as both as a player and a staff member that they're always huge games for the fans. So from that point of view, it's disappointing. But we still recognise the importance of how big a game it is against Dundee United. And we'll go there, hopefully relaxed, hopefully confident. And, uh, we'll do all we can to try and get the three points that, that everybody desires. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Dave, first of all, Paul Sheeran is talking there and he and Barry Robson looking after things tomorrow. But uh, we did wonder if they'd actually have the chance before a new manager came in, but they'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, and I'm glad they, they are nothing worse than getting announced as your interim appointments and then you don't actually get to take charge of a game. And uh, as Paul said... As, and he said last week and this week he was appointed by Derek um, and so I don't think there'll be too much changing, just wee tweaks here and there and it would be absolutely fantastic uh, if they were to get themselves off to a winning start and of course the three points with Hibs moving further ahead the three points are absolutely desperate. Yeah, well, they certainly are. Still a lot to play for in the remaining six games, Andrew. But I have seen some interesting tweets. I mean, we, we see interesting tweets every day of the year. But uh, one of the ones I saw today was moaning about Paul Sheeran's sort of approach to the press conference there, just saying that it's too much this, more of the same. And I'm like, but, but he's the interim manager. He's not, he's not the new manager coming in with his new ideas. He's been in that team for eight years. Surely there's going to be a lot of adjustments uh, to even get to that, even if it was to be Paul Sheeran that took over. Absolutely. I mean, I think it would be different had it been, you know, a, ma- a first-team management team, a development squad management team, uh, where you only look after the, the development squad, uh, which Paul was doing um, until he, he was he was brought into the first team fold. Um, but no, I mean, I, as Dave said, I don't think there'll be radical changes tomorrow. There may be the, the odd tweak here and there. It will be interesting to see because of the fact that Barry Robson was in charge of the under-18s and Paul Sheeran was in charge of the, the development squad, whether any of the youngsters um, get fast-tracked a little bit. Um, because obviously they know these players and rest assured I'm sure these players will be going and, and saying Barry remember all the goals I scored for you in the sure. teens and um, you know etc etc but uh, it'll have been a relatively clean slate for everyone going into training and it was interesting I heard Paul saying that it was maybe a good thing they didn't have a game last week uh, because there was that shock that was still reverberating around Cormac Park that Derek and Tony were no longer there that it would take the players a lot longer to to absorb that uh, news because of the fact that Derek and Tony had brought all these players, had brought all these players through. I mean, Dean Campbell celebrating his 20th birthday today. He was only 12 when Derek McInnes started there. So the young boys have known nothing other than Derek and Tony being in charge of the first team. So 
obviously it happens in football that managers come and go, but for the vast majority uh, of the, the Aberdeen ground sort of developed players, they've never known any other manager. Uh, for an experienced campaigner like Joe Lewis, for example, he'll have seen a number of managers come and go. But again, he's been under uh, Derek and Doc for five years. And, you know, you, you get integrated into their, their way of thinking, their way of working. So I don't think um, Paul and Barry and Simi will have changed anything radically. There may be the odd tweak, as I say, um, but... It is an opportunity for them to, to put their ideas in, into motion, into practice, and hopefully it may just turn things around. What we need is a wee rub of the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, goals as well are well, hugely important. Absolutely. I mean, uh, when I say a rub of the green... A goal. A, a, yeah. a, a shot. That would be a big, <laughs> nice big rub of the green. <laughs> well, even if it's a shot that gets deflected off somebody's knee and flies into the left-hand corner and the keeper's diving to his right... Um, that type of thing. I mean, they, we saw it with Bruce Anderson a few weeks back when he scored against St Mirren. A shot that was going to be comfortably saved. It hits Joe Shock as he goes into the opposite corner. And of course, everybody then, why the name of God did they let Bruce Anderson go to Hamilton? He's scoring goals for fun. He's scored a couple. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's getting these wee breaks. But you've got to work hard to get to deserve these breaks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm quite sure that there's been plenty of work done in the training ground this week to try and just turn the fortunes around. Yeah, well, Paul Sheeran has said that he's prepared to be in interim charge until the summer and, and I guess slightly different feel to things to last week, Dave, because last week we saw there were uh, suspended bets and people had sort of stopped taking bets on, on who was going to be in charge. Nothing's changed. We've heard Dave Cormack speak this week about taking time and making sure that everything was done properly. Um, so I, I, it could it could well be that whoever is coming in uh, and does eventually come in doesn't come in until the summer, but there's still a lot to play for if Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson are in charge. Yeah, it was a wee bit contradictory, I thought, because on one hand, Derek was told not to, he wasn't staying to the end of the season because there were so many players out of contract in the summer, so it would give, give the, the new management team time to make uh, changes, but... As you said, Dave said that, which I think is the right idea, take as long as it needs to take, but mm. the two messages are a wee bit uh, opposite, to be honest. Yeah, it is certainly, you know, going back, I mean, I guess a week does change the way people feel. Things have settled down a bit, Andrew, since last week. And, but it is still, you, you go back to that, and just for a moment, we will go back to Derek McInnes leaving and the timing. If it is to be the case that nobody comes into the summer, we don't know who it is, uh, and Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson remain in charge. Pe- two, two people who have worked, as you said, with Derek McInnes for many years, not going to change things radically. Is it? Is it not a strange time sort of time to decide to do, to do that if that does prove to be the case? Yeah, well, the worry for me is the number of players who are out of contract that, you know, their, their agents, I'm quite sure, are touting them round every man their dog at the moment uh, because until such time as as the players and their agents find out who's going to be in charge of Aberdeen they don't know what their client's future is so I think you really need to be maybe a a little bit quicker than end of the season it may be that it's you know end of April beginning of May um, and by that time you're going to pretty well know whether Aberdeen can get third place well, and if the Scottish Cup is still a, 
an, an ongoing campaign. Yeah, and we've seen this situation before change of management at this stage in the season, just before the split we had that when Derek McInnes came in for, for Craig Brown. And I think it's you can see why that timing can work because it does give, and it gave Derek McInnes time to assess who he had and figure out things. And people don't really think about that those six games that he had before he, he sort of took charge properly for the first season. Yeah, and in that first season there was a, a quite a clear out in, in that summer, as there has been, to be fair to Derek, most summers <laughs> Every year. because of uh, players, players moving on. But I think one way or the other, I think we're going to see a very different Aberdeen squad that will start off next season than will finish this season, irrespective of whether the new manager is appointed sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, it's a big game for the Dons because the split's coming up very soon, but it's Dundee United at Tannadice tomorrow. And let's get the thoughts now of the fans. Our fan reporter, Graham Watt, spoke to Glenn from Red Tinted Glasses. Glenn, Derek McInnes has left Aberdeen after eight long years. Obviously, Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson are taking the side for the upcoming fixtures. How do you see it going tomorrow? And have you got a favourite for the next Dons manager? Yeah, new manager or interim manager at the helm for the first time in eight years. I think, first of all, we should... Um, you know, give Derek his credit for what he's done at the club, certainly in his first three to four years, getting the club back into an excellent position and stabilising the club and, and getting us challenging once again. On Paul Sheeran, I'm excited to see what he can do, albeit I know he wants to kind of use a similar blueprint as what McInnes had in place. I'd like to see him kind of maybe put his own stamp in. You know, he's worked with some of the youth um, team players such as Ethan Ross, uh, Connor McLennan, maybe see them get more of more game time than we've seen in recent weeks. Um, I don't think other than that we'll see too many changes, which is why I've gone for a kind of reserved prediction. Looking ahead to the managerial market, there's some certainly interesting names and shouts being banded about. Um, I've been a big fan of um, Chris Coleman. We've discussed his name on the podcast before. Um, for me, I'd like to see Sean Maloney or Darren Fletcher come in with maybe an experienced director of football above them. You know, they're names that would excite me as a fan and get me excited to go back to games when we're allowed as well. Um, if we're looking maybe more realistically, I think it's maybe a season too early. Um, I'd like to see what he can do next season at St Mirren, make sure it's not a one-hit wonder, but probably looking at Jim Goodwin. All right then, let's um, talk about a couple of those suggestions from Glenn Andrew. First of all, Sean Maloney, who of course grew up in the northeast, and uh, uh, he would be certainly be a name given that he's currently uh, Belgium. Belgium is he still Belgium assistant, assistant manager? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it would be um, it would certainly be a name that would excite fans. But is it realistic? Um, it's a possibility. Uh, I think he has um, stated that um, he would like the job. But he doesn't have a vast amount of experience. Granted, he is the assistant manager of the best team in the world. In it's not bad football. on your CV. It's a decent thing to have <laughs> in your CV alongside what is it? What tennis tournament did he win back in the day? Oh, well, the Northeast uh, Juniors. Uh, Sean was a, a regular winner. He was a, one of a very promising young tennis players as a teenager, which wasn't, is how I first knew, knew Sean Maloney. Yeah, so. It wasn't, wasn't a bad player. I think he played him once and uh, I, I think he lasted about 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Sean never grew to the height of uh, some of these guys <laughs> in the tennis circuit. But, and to um, be honest, it could have been a choice. 
he was genuinely that. I think he was that good that he yeah, could have done. Yeah. But, um, he's, a, he's a lovely lad, um, Sean. I've spoken to him on a number of occasions. Uh, he was in charge of, um, it was like Paul Sheeran. He was in charge of Celtic's development side, or certainly a coach with Celtic's development side, before he went to join Roberto Martinez uh, with the Belgian national side. I think his lack of experience potentially might count against him. Uh, he was, of course, going to sign for Aberdeen um, at right. the end of his career, but yep. unfortunately, injury put paid to that. So We actually he, went drove down to St Andrews because it was a pre-season down at the Old Course Hotel and uh, Chris and myself went, drove down very early on a Sunday morning and waited around for about five hours and then drove back again with <laughs> no interview having been done. So. Well, I hope you had a good uh, music was, music collection course, for the way there and back. Of um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it certainly would be a name, I think, as Glenn said, that would you could see the attraction. You've seen it with um, Stephen Gerrard at Rangers. There's a manager who... When he came in, he didn't really have any experience at that level in terms of first-team management. So you could see... What about Darren Fletcher? There's another name. Um, I really don't think Darren Fletcher's a goer because he's just been appointed a technical director at Manchester United. And uh, with all due respect, um, I don't think uh, being a technical director or manager of Aberdeen um, are on the same level. Um, Good... Sound football knowledge. Um, Darren Fletcher obviously played n- many, many times for Scotland. Um, will have learnt an enormous amount under Sir Alex Ferguson, but the fact that he's just taken on a new job suggests that um, he won't be the next Aberdeen manager. Yeah, uh, obviously there's a lot of talk, uh, Dave, about this combination of managers, having somebody with slightly less experience coming in, perhaps teaming up with someone that has a bit of knowledge. The exception to that perhaps being Stephen Glass and Scott Brown, who have been talked about many, many times. Uh, Do you think it is that combination, if they're going to go for a combination, do they need to have somebody that, that kind of oversees things that has the experience because we well, we all know what happened with Kenny Dalglish and John Barnes for example mm-hmm. at Celtic it doesn't always work it doesn't always work and uh, as we mentioned last week it's such a crucial appointment anything you can do to to uh, decrease the risk element uh, must surely be a bonus so I, I do think you need experience I think it's uh, go back to Willie Miller's time you know Willie found it it was as his first managerial job you know, lots of people have said subsequently if, if Willie had gone to a, a club in the lower leagues, first of all, and worked his way up, it might have been different. And that was somebody who was steeped in the in the club. He'd been there since he was yeah. 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not always easy to, to make that step up. Um, there's, there's obviously still a lot of water to pass under the bridge before uh, an appointment is made. But uh, one of the other names that was mentioned there, Chris Coleman, mm-hmm. um, again, uh, his last appointment was uh, an international job. Yeah. Um, I think you'd be expecting a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the a experience. good friend of Craig, uh, Craig Brown, though, so maybe Craig well, could persuade him. Yeah, perhaps. well, you just never know. I mean, that is the thing, you don't you don't know, and sometimes, we, we you t- I think you mentioned last week, I think it might have been you, Dave, that mentioned that we didn't expect Ebi Skovdal to be announced as manager we back certainly didn't, when yeah. that happened, and, and that was a big name. Yeah, it, it was, and we we know how that worked out. <laughs> lovely, lovely guy, Ebi, as we mentioned when we did the tribute to him, but, uh, you know... All, on the field, it certainly wasn't as yeah. successful as uh, we'd hoped when he was appointed. 
Yeah, that's one of the understatements of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is uh, a massive game for the Dons tomorrow. And what we do know is that Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson will be in interim charge tomorrow. That is Dundee United against the Dons at Tannadice, and we're going to chat more about that next. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound One, Red Friday. Aberdeen in action. It's a three o'clock kickoff tomorrow afternoon at Tannadice, Dundee United against the Dons. And Joe Lewis says he's getting used to life without Derek McInnes, but he says that it's taken some adjustment. It's always um, a strange feeling. Um, everyone has their own opinions on that sort of thing, but um, yeah, we've got to look forward. A lot to play for this season. There's the, the Scottish Cup and six massive games for this football club, which uh, will define the season for us. North Zone One, Red Friday. Yeah, we mentioned the Scottish Cup and the importance of that last week, Dave, and we'll come on to that uh, before we finish today. But first of all, league action. We've got the split coming up and uh, Hibs, they got a tricky game tomorrow against Livingston away from home. It is still a tricky game for the Dons tomorrow, but a win is absolutely imperative. Yeah, it is. And uh, Livingston do seem to have got their mojo back a bit after the, the Cup uh, final defeat and also their, their form to had shade, shaded a bit so we're hoping obviously they'll do us a wee favour but even if they do we need to make sure we take advantage which we haven't been doing in recent times and get the three points. Uh, the two games between the United and ourselves have not produced a goal so far this season tomorrow needs to and it needs to be for the away team. Andrew you're the man with the stats. Who was the Aberdeen player that scored the last goal uh, against Dundee United and and who scored the last time for Dundee United against the Dons? Um, last time Aberdeen scored against the Dundee United was in the Scottish Cup. Okay. At, at Bidordi when we beat them 4-2. But yeah. in, in the league, it was Simon Church, I think, oh, yes. who got the winner. Um, Simon, who scored maybe five goals for Aberdeen, but He's made himself a hero. A <laughs> he has indeed. Um, but because he scored against Celtic, yeah. instant hero. That was the one. Um, yeah. uh, Dundee United's last league goal against Aberdeen was scored by Robbie Muirhead almost six years ago. Wow. But as, as Dave said, you know, it's been a fixture that has been a virtual goal drought uh, in league terms over the last little while. Not that the new firm have met each other on league duty that often the two goalless draws this season and then you go back to 2015-16 a couple of 1-0 wins for Aberdeen at Tannadice Simon Church got the goal that I mentioned Kenny McLean remember after we'd, we'd flown back from Kazakhstan yeah, we were still exhausted Sunday. by the time we got yeah, to Tannadice on the Sunday and, and it, right. it was back from Kazakhstan about Seven in the morning. Seven in the morning, morning. exactly. Um, but there was a 2 0 win against United at, at Petaudry. So United have found it extremely difficult to score against Aberdeen in recent years. And uh, it could be one of these games that, as I said, it's a fluky goal that goes in um, that will win it for, for either side. It's two very good goalkeepers either end of the park, Joe, who we heard from. Um, he's had. 18 clean sheets in 37 games this season at the other end of the park uh, Benjamin Segrist who is on his day every bit as good a goalkeeper as Joe Lewis when it comes to keeping the ball out the back of his net so um, I would expect it to be a game where defences will be possibly largely on top but you just never know um, because we've got had the change of, of um, management team 
Who knows what uh, Barry and Paul have been doing on the training ground that might just trigger something for the Dons. Uh, you'd like to think that um, Fraser Hornby might be able to make an appearance at some point at least. Uh, looking at the pictures from training, he was involved in the training s- sessions. Um, Matty Kennedy, obviously, um, another one who hasn't featured an awful lot from the start, but uh, was in a good vein of form uh, until he, it sort of shaded off a wee bit but buoyed up again by being picked for Northern Ireland squad they play Italy in a, a World Cup qualifier so uh, if there's two guys that maybe are on the part tomorrow uh, who will be desperate to show uh, Ian Barraclough that they're in form it'll be Nal McGinn and Matty Kennedy so there's lots of little subplots um, you look at Lauren Shanklin for example left out the Scotland squad you can bet your life Mickey Mellon will be saying to him right Lauren's go out there and show against Aberdeen why Steve Clark should have you as a first pick and because it's against his old club who knows um, it's an intriguing game but not a game that I'm expecting to be uh, full of goals uh, like some of the games that we've seen in the past down at Tannadice yeah, it is going to be uh, interesting to see how the players react from an Aberdeen perspective tomorrow. I'm thinking more about the players that maybe, like Andrew mentioned, like some Matty Kennedy there, because you, you never really know how players are going to react when there's a change of management. And for some of them, they may see this as a, a, an opportunity. They will, and uh, as Andrew touched on earlier, I think some of the younger players will, because of who's in charge, uh, albeit interim, they'll see it. they might ha- get a chance that they perhaps were further down the in order prior, so which makes the ones that are in possession the ince- even added incentive for them to make sure they do well. But first and foremost, the players will be out for themselves to do the, the business and and the fans who have been, you know, it's been so bereft of goal action well, in recent times that we we um, we desperately need a win and it would be great to see a few goals but I don't think a few is a word that we're going to be hearing about <laughs> well, tomorrow We will be getting your predictions a little later I just, on that as well uh, Andrew, looking at um, the, the game tomorrow I mean, Dave mentioned the potential there of some of the players that may be on the fringes feeling like it's an opportunity do you think, is there anyone that sticks out in your mind that you think, oh well that, you know, if they got on that could be an opportunity for them because there are a few of the younger players that have been there or thereabouts yeah, um, Ethan Ross is one who uh, I think if Ethan could hit the form that we know he's capable of, it's just something different. He likes to run at people, he can beat people, he can score goals. Um, yes, I think uh, the defensive side of the game, Ethan probably has to work a bit harder on, but uh, you saw one of the goals that he scored for Wraith Rovers in his loan spell down at uh, Aloha, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, where he scored he, twice. Yeah, one, but, one, but one, of them, one of them he ran half the length of the park and beat about five players before sticking the ball in the back of the net. It's just, it's that X factor um, that maybe you, it's it's a decision for Paul, Barry and, and Simi to take. Do you try just something different, something a little bit left field to... to switch things up a wee bit and and change it. Equally, Florian Camberry, desperate to score his first goal for Aberdeen, uh, included an Albania squad um, for the upcoming games. He could play against England. So he'll be wanting to uh, show... I'm trying to remember who it is that is the assistant manager of Albania. Is it it was, Perini from X-Rangers? Yes, Sergio Perini, that's right. Um, and he said, you know... 
Camberry is he brings something different. Yeah. Um, so there's, as I say, it's it's a game that's got so many little subplots. You hope that they don't overshadow the fact that. It's a game of football which both sides want to get three points from. Aberdeen, we hope, more desperate for them than Dundee United. But yeah. United have a very, very outside chance of getting uh, into the top six. Say, you did tell me the permutations. I can't, a lot <laughs> needs to happen, Andrew. Well, um, they've got to make up a, a seven-goal difference on St Mirren. Okay. St Mirren have to lose to Hamilton. United have to win. And St Johnston, the can do only as much, uh, only a draw for St Johnston would get Dundee United into the top six. Okay, uh, or a, a draw or a loss for St Johnston would give United that outside chance. But when it's a fifteen goal swing, yeah, uh, or a I, seven goal swing or whatever, um, a four nil one way, a three nil the other, don't see it. It'll be surprising, but of course, stranger it's things football. have happened. <laughs> it is football after all. We're going to talk about the top six in a minute. Before that, though. Let's find out uh, if our fan reporter Graham Watt is feeling more positive about the game tomorrow. Yeah, Mike, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, obviously. It'll be strange not seeing Derek in the dugout. Um, but Paul and Barry, you know, they know the guys well. It's not like someone's going in there that has no idea who anyone is. Paul and Barry have worked with the squad for a, a number of years now. And me and you have both played alongside Barry and Paul. They're both winners. Um, we know what they're like in friendly matches, Mike, so I can only imagine how competitive they'll be in the dugout. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's an opportunity for the guys that have been on the fringes as well. They've got to take that chance, Mike, you know. Um, grab the opportunity to say, well, I should have been in the squad when Derek was here. So go out and prove to Paul and Barry why they should pick them. Um, I fully believe that Aberdeen will get a result tomorrow, Mike. Um, I, I really do. I think Paul and Barry will have them set up Neil Simpson's in there as well helping out um, and I'm, I'm I'm not even worried um, there's, there's no pressure at all tomorrow on the lads I think it's just go out there play the game and see what happens um, I'm going to be brave I'm going to say 2-0 the Dons Mike and I wish Paul and Barry well um, they're they're good guys and hopefully we can get the result tomorrow for the fans. Yeah, it's uh, good positive thinking from Graham, and it was nice of him to hark back to our days when we were the, the, the front line for Aberdeen. Uh, <laughs> I think to, to say you've played with them, you've been in the same park as them during a game. <laughs> yeah, I think there was one charity match. Um, but yes, no, uh, I think, I think you know, again, it's, it's interesting, just sometimes a change of management from a fan's perspective can lift things and it can bring it around a, a sort of a, a positivity. And sometimes it's not really from anywhere. It's just that there is a change. So, uh, Graham, I think, reflecting that there just with his prediction. Yeah, I think it, it, it's the unknown, isn't it? Um, we don't know what has been happening in the training ground. We don't know what Paul and Barry and Simi's thoughts are in terms of um, team selection. Do they uh, bring in some youngsters to freshen things up? Do they stick by the the old guard as it were and say right boys um, you got the last manager the sack effectively go and show why you shouldn't be doing the same thing to us um, that's maybe a bit harsh um, but it's the reality of it isn't it I mean it's it's been largely the same squad that has failed to score um, more than one goal in what is it nine to ten games something like that now too many far <laughs> too many I mean fifteen 16 times in 37 games yeah. we've failed to hit the back of the net this season it's not great um, which isn't good I mean at the other end of the park the defenders have, have been doing their job but as 
Joe Lewis, I think, said in, in his piece on, on Red TV, it's the entire team that scores goals. It's the yeah. entire team that against clean sheets so it's not a case of um, you point the finger at folk and say well you haven't scored but I've kept a clean sheet so I've done my job you haven't done yours um, you you win and lose as a team but uh, as I say it, it's 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 this um, unknown that we're going into tomorrow that, that does make it exciting for fans it's, it's probably a, a, a more exciting game one to look forward to more than had it been, well, it's Derek and Tony in charge once again. Yeah. Um, how do we manage to get a goal? It's interesting because there are six games to go, Dave, and you've got the game tomorrow, six points between Hibs in third and the Dons in fourth. But the the top six changes things because suddenly you're playing against teams that, with all respect to the bottom six, are a harder challenge because they're, they're higher up in the league, they're doing better. So it, it sort of levels the playing field in terms of what Aberdeen can potentially get in, in terms of points Hibs can also lose those points yeah I mean you want to, tomorrow it would be great to cut that uh, deficit from, from six ideally to three because you've then got Hibs at Petaudry after after the split we don't know when that game will take place but all of a sudden that becomes very crucial because I think with the best will in the world we're both both Aberdeen and Hibs are going to drop points here and there after post split you know that's always the case uh, so it does make it very interesting, but at the moment with you know the six points and a better goal difference as well for the Easter Road side, it does make it very difficult. Uh, Scottish Cup as well, uh, that's a huge incentive for the players, is it not, Andrew? Because you're going out there and again with new management, potentially new management looking on in the future too, uh, you've got the Scottish Cup to go and there's a trophy to be won. Uh, so from a player's point of view surely you want to go out there and, and show that you can be in that team that's that's hopefully going to go on a run Absolutely I, mean, I think we said last week you know given uh, a fair draw um, or a few breaks in the draw uh, who knows what can happen in the Scottish Cup it's a delight it's great that um, it's back underway again on Tuesday night there's a dozen games uh, in round two to be played and then uh, the draw obviously has been made already so it will be Dumbarton or Huntley away from home for Aberdeen in the third round when it gets played the weekend of the 3rd of April uh, and then all of a sudden April um, you've got round three in the third you've got round four in the 17th the quarterfinals in the 24th so it's a, it's a very um, tightly packed schedule in terms of um, Scottish Cup. So you desperately want to be involved in it. The last thing you want is to have a couple of free weekends in April um, when everybody else is playing, trying to get to, to Hamden for the end of May and you're sitting on the sidelines twiddling your thumbs looking in. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing worse than that. Uh, so, yeah, there's massive incentive there for, for everyone. Yeah, we'll be talking more about the game tomorrow as well as that and the return of the Scottish Cup. It's also the return of League One and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yeah, it's Duns United against Aberdeen. Three o'clock kickoff tomorrow, but the Scottish League One returns as well, which means that Cove Rangers are in action. They're away to Partick Thistle and Peterhead. They host Airdrie. Uh, so we're going to hear now from former Peterhead striker and Cove Rangers striker Rory McAllister on being happy to be back. Just glad to get back playing, especially at my age as well. You're 
turning 34 in May and you think you don't know how long you've got left and you just want to get back playing and play as much games as you can and obviously hopefully we can do a wee push and maybe have a chance of promotion maybe again. North Zone 1, Red Friday. I think, Andrew, Rory McAllister could be 44. He would still score loads of goals. I think so. I think it's it's in his DNA, isn't it? He's scored goals everywhere he's gone. Uh, and But for the fact that, um, you know, he's a successful plumber, uh, I'm sure he would have turned full-time and, and yeah. scored goals higher Easily. up the football yeah. ladder. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good as well, Dave, to see League One back. It's been a bit of a controversial one because obviously there's been talk about what's been best for it. Some people calling for it to be finished early. Um, it is a really difficult one. There's no right and wrong kind of answer, really. But I guess from a player's perspective, they'll just be happy to get out there on the pitch. I'm sure they will be. I mean, we had the, the juniors declared null and void this week, and they, they may get restarted over the summer, which we talked about mm. last last week. The big thing is going to be the, all the games in the leagues one and two and the cup games are going to be so difficult to predict because they've been so idle the players and this first round of games tomorrow from when the players knew it was happening it's a very short time scale so There's going to be a lot of tired legs, I would suggest, in those leagues tomorrow. Well, just thank, thank goodness that it's not that that we're predicting for Beat the Pundit today, because that would have been <laughs> even more difficult. Even maybe. more of a sort of <laughs> close your eyes and uh, point. Yeah, it is good. Uh, we mentioned there, obviously, the, the, the club's getting back to playing, and I, I think with the Scottish Cup that you mentioned, that's going to be even more of a lottery. But getting these games tomorrow done, just getting the game played... It'll be a real relief for a lot of them, I think. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a long time since the last played, as Dave mentioned, and it's it's that beacon of hope for everyone, isn't it? The light at the end of the tunnel that maybe normality uh, is edging just a little bit closer. So, yeah, it's it's great that um, you know Peterhead have got Airdrie, Party have got Cove Rangers, big games. Um, yeah. Cove sitting second in the table, uh, just a couple of points behind Falkirk, who have got a tough game against Montreal. Throws who uh, are in third place in the table, uh, Dumbarton four for Clyde East five. I mean, I'm just looking at the, the League One table. Clyde have only played eight games mm-hmm. so far, so uh, I think the, the hope of getting 22 games in is maybe just a wee bit optimistic, but um, they certainly should be able to get an 18-game season in, and Cove, having made the start to the season that they, they have done, are as... Uh, Rory said they're well positioned for a second successive promotion Yeah I mean Airdrie there uh, they've got their game they've away to Peterhead and they've got the incentive because they've got that game on game in hand over Cove they're just three points behind Cove so actually they will really looking to, to win that it's going to be a tough game for Peterhead but it is a weird one isn't it because I heard somebody say this week that if they I forget who it was now but they said that they feel that because it's such a short league in terms of games that it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way it, should, it, it shouldn't happen it's not fair reflection but from a team and a manager's point of view, you can only really do and play what's put in front of you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely right. It's not a fair situation, but we're in a, a very unfair situation, a very unique situation. And uh, I think to get some football back for the League One, League Two is is a bonus, unexpected as it may have come to, to many. Uh, but to form pre the break, these teams have had goes right out the window yeah. and uh, you know as I say predicting games who knows Peterhead could you know they they, they weren't playing badly no. before the break so 
you just never know. Well, go on then. Let's have a prediction. Oh, well, Mike, you've, asked, you, you've, you've walked into that one. Let's get uh, Andrew. Give us your two predictions for the Cove Rangers and the Peterhead games. Um, they're two very difficult games to, <laughs> to assess, aren't they? I mean, Partick Thistle against Cove Rangers. That just because it's Partick Thistle, it's a big club yeah. uh, against. Scotland's newest club um, Cove will fancy their chances though um, I can see them maybe just uh, coming away with a share of the spoils there Peterhead maybe home advantage will will swing it in their favour against Airdrie but it could go either way uh, I'll put my neck in the line and say Peterhead just to nick it 1-0 OK uh, Dave well I, I wrote down my predictions and, and <laughs> I've agreed with Andrew because I've got 2-2 for, for Hill for thrills and a uh, 1-0 Peterhead it's like countdown you know when uh, two people have the same answer the same amount and you have to double check that they've yeah, written it yeah. that's what we're getting into the situation here but it is time now for uh, Beat the Pundits and Andrew I'm going to come to you first uh, because uh, just uh, looking at my notes last week, uh, it was Michael Wyatt who took on Dave McDermott. How did Michael get on? Uh, he got four points, but Dave's back in form. He got five. Oh, yeah, can well I just say that Andrew did try and diddle me on that one because <laughs> he s- sent me a, a message saying it was a share. Now I'd worked it out and I went back and said, I don't think so. I think I won 5-4. <laughs> and on checking... Yes, I, I did have two separate lots of notes. And, oh dear. Uh, it's, but, unfortunately, both sets of notes gave you nine points. Oh, well, that's a real shame. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Is that. Does that mean I'm quite far ahead at the ah, top? Yes. Uh, now, this week, it's, it's Glenn from Red Tinted Glasses. He gave Graham his predictions. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan, Glenn. First up, Glenn, Saturday's games, Hamilton versus St Mirren. Your score predictions for that one. St Mirren have been draw specialists of late. Um, I think this will end up as a 1-1 draw with Hamilton fighting for their lives. Kilmarnock against Motherwell. Another basement battle, um, and I see an away win coming here. I'm going to go for 2-1 for the Steel Men, 2-1 to Motherwell. Livingston against Hibs. This one's a game I'm sure most Aberdeen fans will have a slight eye on, um, as obviously the f- result affects us in some some way. Uh, I think Hibs will just have the edge and beat Livingston 2-1. St Johnston versus Ross County. St Johnston have failed to get the better of Ross County in their last four meetings, and I think they'll struggle to do so again at the weekend. Um, John Hughes will have his team fired up. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. And the big one on Saturday, Dundee United versus Aberdeen. How do you see this one going, Glenn? I'm going to stick to my guns and hope that we win, and I'm going for a 1-0 win for Aberdeen. And the final fixture of the weekend, Sunday's game, Celtic versus Rangers. Glenn, the score predictions for that one? The most insignificant game of the weekend, and I think it'll be an anti-climax as well. I'm going to say this game will end 0-0. Right, there we are. We've got Glenn's predictions. Dave, it's over to you. We're going to start with the games on Saturday. We've got Hamilton at home to St Mirren. Yeah, this is one of three games which Glenn and I have totally agreed <laughs> 1-1. One, one. OK. Uh, Kilmarnock hosts Motherwell. 1-2. Hibbs visit Livingston. 1-1. Uh, one, one. I hope, hope think it's heart ruling head, but Livy, <laughs> as I said earlier, they have seemed to got their mojo back. Yeah. Uh, St Johnson at McDermott Park against uh, Ross County. Yeah, I think St Johnson will... Uh, End that jinx 2-0 Saints And then game of the day It's Tanner Dice It's Duns United Against the Dons 1-0 the Dons OK Sunday Celtic Rangers The insignificant one As, yeah. as Glenn put it Totally agree with them 0-2 
Okay, uh, Andrew, I'm going to come to you and let's talk about the games uh, outside of the Dons game on Saturday. First of all, some interesting ones. We're going to go to Livingston Hibs first because obviously that's the one that affects the Dons the most. What do you think is going to be the outcome of that? Well, I've put down 2-1 Livingston um, because okay. Livingston can still catch Aberdeen, of course. That's very um, true. Uh, so they've got their top six uh, position sealed but they will have an eye on Aberdeen ahead of them and hope that they can catch them so that might just swing it their way Okay, uh, Hamilton at home to St Mirren uh, very tight game I, I've gone 2-1 Hamilton because St Mirren have seemed to have lost the, the knack of winning games and Hamilton absolutely desperate for points and at this time of the year they always manage to get the points that they need uh, so I'm going for that but St mm. Mirren obviously uh, Tony Fitzpatrick has been desperate to see his club get into the top six they need a positive result um, yeah. but I think Hamilton's desperation might just be the, the tipping uh, point in that one. Interesting you mentioned Hamilton there being used to this kind of fight. Kilmarnock not so much and they're sitting bottom of the league at the moment. They are at home to Motherwell. Yeah, they, they are struggling. Um, they've got to defend better than they did at Ross County. But Kyle Lafferty, um, he's found the back of the net. He could be an important player for them. So I'm sitting on the fence with that one, 1-1, which will probably do Kilmarnock no good whatsoever but it is so tight down at the bottom there that yeah. every point's a prisoner and they'd maybe accept that St Johnston they've got an outside chance of finishing in the top six Ross County um, probably just want to pick up points to get safe uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Uh, I think the, again the need for Ross County to get points could see them get a share of the spoils OK Celtic Rangers on Sunday obviously the league is now over uh, we saw a, a, a kind of Incident-led game in Europe for Rangers on Thursday, but uh, so they'll, they'll they'll have that as a kind of hangover, I would have thought, in terms of you know playing on the Thursday. But do you see Celtic? Uh, upsetting their form and, and getting a win? I don't think so. Uh, I think Rangers will win a tight game by the odd goal in three. It was a very lacklustre performance from Rangers last night, um, but for the this scandalous um, ending to the game. It was clear that um, the guy made a, a racist remark. The biggest of some thing, sort. the biggest thing for me, I don't know if you saw it, Dave, was the other player from Slavia Prague giving him daggers and not yeah. actually inter- intervening. You, you could tell at that point something. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. so, yeah. something was up. There's no question at all about it. It, it took a, took the shine off what was a, a very solid Slavia Prague mm. performance. Yeah. Um, as I say, Rangers. I thought Rangers looked as though they were suffering a hangover. Um, you could have understood it last Thursday when they won the, the league the previous weekend um, but uh, their big players just didn't turn up Yeah. Uh, just before we do finish up just again I want to mention uh, the new podcast that is coming very soon Red Rewind, we heard uh, Jim Layton uh, a clip last week on how he became a goalie and uh, it was very interesting, that's uh, that's coming very soon and uh, you're, you're excited about uh, people hearing what you had to say because the, or what they had to say because there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there Yeah, in our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Red Rewind 1903 which is also the same for the Instagram account and all the best to Glenn with his red tinted glasses podcast yeah. did we get Andrew's Aberdeen prediction? 1-0 no, 2-0, sorry. 2-0. <laughs> you changing it now? Okay. Or just, yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's 2-0. Down here. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, going to be good. Uh, yeah, and good. it's uh, the uh, 
conversation with Jim that goes up on all platforms on Easter Monday excellent stuff and there is a clip up there already on social media so you can go and have a listen the one we played last week well that is it for Red Friday I'll be back tomorrow with Cheryl Uh, Red Saturday kicks off at 2 o'clock but Aberdeen away to Dundee United that's a 3 o'clock kickoff we'll have all the updates right here on North Sound 1 you don't need to go anywhere Time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1. Red Friday.